Welcome back to Conversations with Her. My name is Phaedra Prendergast, Editor-in-Chief of WTC Magazine, the number one print and digital magazine for all things enterprise and community. I share stories of women who are typically never found on the front line and place them on our front covers to inspire the next generation of female leaders. Today, I am joined by Noella Corsaris Masunka, philanthropist and founder of her incredible nonprofit organization, Malaika. Malaika supports and empowers young girls and communities in Africa, particularly Congo, where Noella and her team offers a free education, food, jobs, and healthcare. A previous WTC cover girl, Noella and I sat down again to talk about life as a leader post-pandemic. The last time we even really spoke, and um, properly via the phone, um, you know, you were telling me about uh, Malaika and you know what was happening there um, in Kalbuka and so on. So, so how's that all been? Uh, I will say it's been uh, it's been extremely two tough years. You know, we had a lot of ups and downs. Mm. Uh, the team and I were hugely relieved to be able to reopen the school a few months ago. So we are back into the full swing of teaching and learning. Coming to school has such a massive impact on us students holistically and so they are again benefiting from uh, the two healthy meals a day you know they have breakfast they have lunch and they have the emotional support socializing with their peers and having their health uh, really monitored the reason i say it's been tough is because the economic and social impact of the pandemic that are being felt the world uh have been intense in developing countries the community is still feeling the impact of um, of the price of the food going up. Mm-hmm. Thankful we have such a presence in the rural village where we work in Kalebuka, especially due to the 20 wells we built, mm-hmm. as well as the community center that we provide support, uh, educational to over 5,000 youth and adults. So all our students really have come back to school. Right. But this won't be the case for many girls uh, and children across Africa who have missed, you know, months of the education over the past year and won't go back to finish secondary school. So we really need to push government and individuals, NGO and corporate to really put a strategic plan how we can have back children and especially girls going back to school because a lot of them between the pandemic are being forced to get married or they got yes wow and how old are these girls depends which country but generally uh, they they can start at 13 14 or 15 years or 16 years so uh, yeah it's been a lot of challenges not only for Malaika but for a lot of uh, NGOs and a lot of schools all over the world wow that's incredible Um, and I can imagine that being a leader um, especially during lockdown in a country where there was already so many hardships, just like the ones you've just mentioned, um, that, you know, a village like Kalbuka faces and, you know, all across Africa, because it is a school, um, it is an establishment that accommodates all. How did the pandemic heighten this? Um, and how did you manage to navigate through as a leader? You know, when the pandemic hit, it was very, very difficult for community because they don't have TV, they don't have TV, smartphone, or just come out of nowhere. For them, as they were unable to witness the global news that it's broke, you know, they listen news over the 
over the radio if they have a radio because uh, we're working in a village where there's no water and no electricity. So the biggest impact uh, that the fact we had to close a few times the, the older programs and um, the holistic well-being of our 300 students is, was significantly impacted by not attending school. Wow. And uh, like the shortage of food, the um, plus the fact there was shortage, like I say, of food and price went up, work become more scarce. Yeah. Hygiene was also a factor when people don't have sanitation in their homes, illness spread much more easily. We utilize really a well not only to provide water, but also as a central point mm-hmm. to teach the community about hand washing and other important practice. Yeah. We lost, unfortunately, three students during the lockdown, Leia, Little Noel, and Tehani, from preventable illness. It was really heartbreaking and really, really, really hard. Yeah. We, we really navigated through by working together as a team. Uh, I'm the founder, I'm the leader, but Malaika today, because it's because of Malaika that Malaika is what is today because we really have an incredible team. We rallied together and took things day by day until we didn't panic, but looked at the immediate needs and what we need to do. We fundraise to provide food and have different points, you know, in the village to distribute food every Tuesday, Thursday. And we reached over 7,500 people. But um, our students use our 3D printer to provide uh, more than 1,500 face shields to local uh, hospitals. Mm-hmm. And the ladies who are part of a small business, Mamayama Pendo, were commissioned to sew hundreds of masks for people in the community mm-hmm. where to help prevent uh, the virus spreading. We also made the most of technology and were able to connect our students with Malaika donors, supporters, from around the world with amazing women, yeah. such as uh, Tendiwe Newton, Jude Sapong, Eve, hosting this webinar and, uh, and events. And we give the opportunity of our um, supporter to speak and mentor our students. Yeah. So will you use uh, remote learning and remote connection? Absolutely, I love that. Um, and of course, there was a lot of you know social distancing rules, um, and maybe even villages that couldn't actually move around. What was that then like in in terms of you know the fact that you distributed food on certain days? Did that mean that some people didn't have access to that? Now, when we distributed the food, we distributed the food um, either from the school. Mm-hmm. And families were coming at the school with respecting the social distance, okay. or we were going in different parts of different villages mm-hmm. and distributing food at some at some point at uh, different points. Mm-hmm. Amazing, and and of course, not only are you a mother to you know your own children, you are also a mother to many um, in the village of Kalbuka. How do you deal with the responsibility of having so many people, especially these young lives, um, rely on you and be dependent on you? And how do you ensure that you keep going for them? Because of course, during the pandemic, you know, so much is going on. So not only do you need to think of yourself and your family, you need to also think about, uh, you know, this whole country, this whole continent. So, so what is it? How do you keep going? Yeah, it's, it was tough because, you know, I had my own children at home. Right. 
daughter was six, my son 10. Yes. And uh, I have to do the homeschool. I have to look after my house, uh, the cooking, the tidy up, my own work. And on the top, I have Malaika. But Malaika is my is really my third baby. Um, it's all about having a good team around you. Honestly, I could not do if we didn't carry it together. Sometimes the challenge and setbacks can drain my energy, but as soon as I see the students smiling, dancing, learning, it strengthens and motivates me again all over. There are incredible people who face so many challenges just in daily life and being able to give them opportunities to reach their full potential. For me, it's really, it's really a privilege. I do prioritize um, to rest, to switch off, to exercise and really spend a lot of time with my, my family and my kids to, to recharge. And I do, um, yeah, I do love my sport. I do love reading and I just like sometimes just to switch off everything and just be with my, with my own mind. Perfect. Um, and how do you send the ladder down to other women? I'm mentoring uh, some of the students, as I believe it's important for them to have role model at a young age. I I do have a lot of calls and I do two free times. I go normally when I can travel, I go two free times a year in the Congo. Huh? So uh, I have a lot of girls over there that I mentor and all over the world. I'm, I take time to speak to students and mentor them and, and even some new entrepreneurs help them in their career, give them advice. As I've mentioned, we have this business, Mamayama Pendo, and that came about through our community center where we teach the women to read, write, and we teach entrepreneurship. Then they learn sewing and I've made bags and accessories that we sell at the school and the local supermarkets and different places. Many of these women have been able to earn a living through these skills, doing sewing out of their own home. Education is key and is important mission of mine. Today, you know, more than 50 million girls in sub-Saharan Africa are out of school. Helping other women means empowering them through education. I also work on collaboration and partnership as often I can do with other women, leaders in the field who are driving change and using their voice, their voice to lift up others. And, uh, you know, we uh, have a lot of um, friends, women that we non-stop help each other and uh, we are there for our ups and we are there for our down and whenever we can help each other we do it i love that i love that and do you think that malaika has helped to create an alternative lifestyle for these young women and girls growing up in kalbuka Without a doubt, Malaika has not just been um, enabled them to get an academic education and achieve a qualification. It's, it's really a leadership school that teaches girls to hold their heads up high, believe in their dreams and their potential, and to give back to their communities and country. Even like doing art, theater, sport, is allowing them to fully express themselves and find out what they are good at. One of the students has won a tennis tournament and traveled to other nations, you know, to compete. An experience she will never have had without, uh, without Malaika. That's, that's very, very true. Um, and do you think about the next 10 years and what do they look like to you? You know, with the world that's going on ups and down, I decide to live day after day. But if you tell me about five next 10 years, yes, I'm excited to see where the next 10 years will take us. I do like to plan for the future. So we are really working toward goals. Malaika is a community-driven ecosystem 
them that can be duplicated in any context. And we have work and, and it will be soon be launching the Malaika model, a guide to help foundation, corporate, government, NGOs to set it up, how model works and is efficient. And so I hope to see more Malaika emerge during the next 10 years. I'm also looking forward, of course, to seeing our first graduate and how their lives unfold yeah. as we continue to support them into higher education. Yeah. I also can't wait to be back in Congo and visit regularly again and work there. Yeah. It's been such a long time since I've been. When was I the last really miss the student. It has been one year and a half now. So, um, yeah, I miss my family in Congo. I miss Malaika. I miss the staff. I miss everybody. But, you know, I think um, the, the, the pandemic teaches a lot of lessons and uh, we will become stronger after that. But it was, uh, it was tough because uh, our donations were lower. I was very scared to not be able to keep all our staff and we... Um, and our staff is like a family and we invested so much in their, uh, in their capacity building. So uh, I'm happy that we were able to keep them. I love that. And do you think that the fact that you weren't able to be there in person and, and everything then became digital, uh, did you learn new ways, better ways to lead? Because, uh, you know, your leadership can't um, be hindered because of the fact that you can't physically be there. Malaika, I set up Malaika to exist without me too. Wow. It's very important. Malaika without me in the Congo, still growing and growing very fast, very good, very steady. You know, we have a lot of uh, management call every week. We, 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 we design the programs, we strengthen the program together. But uh, the Malaika team on the ground is extremely, is extremely uh, powerful and strong and efficient. And Malaika is not only me. We have all the volunteers all over the world, the international team. So Malaika don't rely just on me. It's, 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 it's the team, it's the donors, it's the supporters, it's the local supporters too, and the international. And um, there's a reason I never call Malaika Noela Foundation. It's really Malaika. And I want to exist. And it's a great way that to show that... Uh, Malaika, it's it's existing with its own identity, and I don't have to go every day, every time there. And that's beautiful to see that. Exactly the fact that, you know, you don't have to be there, just like you said, but it still runs, it still functions. And what advice would you give to a young woman who wants to help the next generation of women but doesn't quite know how? I would suggest anyone who wants to give back to women but doesn't know how to do, find organizations that are doing that already. There are mentorship programs you can volunteer to be part. Choose a foundation that you really like what they do. Design a program with them or help them to fundraise or help them to volunteer or give them your skills or fundraise do a dinner at your house, a yoga class, or a book reading, or um, or give your birthday, or run a marathon. You don't need to have founded an organization to be able to change another person's life or a community. I think it's best to start very small rather than to start at all and wait until you're able to do something big. Okay. Malaika and myself, we start very, very small. One wealth, classroom, you know, also reach out to people who are a bit ahead of you, offer to give your time and 
and you will learn a lot. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Noella. It's always a pleasure to have you with WTC. Thank you, Noella. And thank you, of course, to our amazing listeners from all over the globe. I really do hope that these conversations inspire you and allow you to see how you can change someone's life, even if it's just one. So join me again next week for another conversation with her.